listening to Jim and Mike talk. Recording at the, did you say, seven studios in beautiful Washington, New Jersey. And now, here are your hosts, Jim and Mike. Hey everybody, this is Jim. <laughs> and this and? is Mike. And this is Mike. How you doing, everybody? We're on show number eight here. Yeah, sounds and good. And I am, I am in my palatial estate in New Jersey, and Mike is in his palatial estate, Pennsylvania. That's right. We're so, not in the studio in Washington, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, this is the second time we've not yeah. been in, and as long as COVID nineteen goes on, we're not going to be in the studio. And hopefully, we sound better. I want to just say that we're using a. Uh, website called Zencaster. We have these new uh, nifty mics. Uh, they are actually $15 mics. That's as cheap as a condenser and, uh, mic can get. So we're going to start off with uh, America's Top 10 50 Years Ago, May 16th. Okay, so we got the so Top 10 start- Americans. Yeah, we got Top 10 American Singles. And uh, Jim, these are from uh, 45 Record Sales. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Single American singles, forty-five. Mm-hmm. People should know what a forty-five is, since uh, people are buying vinyl again. Yeah, I think so those who are thir- yeah. those who are forty and under might not. It is forty-five RPMs. It's a vinyl LP that's smaller than a thirty-three. Yeah, and it would have one um, song, which they called a single, which was like a hit um, or something they'd release, hoping it was a hit. And then on the other side was called the B side. Right. We're not going to go through the B-sides, except uh, you're going to get to one where, you know, the B-side was as popular as the A-side. I think that's uh, number one. Sometimes the B-sides were uh, not on the actual album. They might have been an extra song sometimes, you know, that they didn't include on the album. So you get an extra bonus on that B-side. A whole new level of coolness to (laughs) say, hey, did you hear that B-side? I got the single. So, Jimbo, we're heading to uh, the week of May 16th, 1970. That would be 50 years ago this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start off with uh, 10 through 6, and then you hit the top. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we have Reflections of My Life by Marmalade. I listened to this uh, earlier today, and I have to tell you, it oh. is just a sad, sad song. And that's all I can say. <laughs> I have never heard it in my life. Uh, number nine this week, 50 years ago, we got Up Around the Bend, and this is by Credence Clearwater Revival. And um, I just love this one line from the song, a bring a song and a smile for the banjo, John Fogarty wrote. <laughs> uh, number, number eight, we got Turn Back the Hands of Time by Tyrone Davis, another song that I have never heard in my entire life until today. And it's, uh, it's a soulful love song, girls singing in the background and everything. Uh, number seven, we got Everything is Beautiful by Ray Stevens. I think uh, most everyone would know that song. And yeah, I think I know yep. yeah, everything is, you know, I'd sing it for you, but they'd probably come after me. Yeah, so, everything uh, is beautiful, that song. There we go. There we go. I meant the <laughs> neighbors it, coming it, after it, me, not, in, its own not way. The... <laughs> in its own way. Wait a minute. Yes, in its everything own way. Everything is beautiful. <laughs> In its own way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's it's actually, it is a good song. Hey, uh, so then uh, number six out of our top 10 from 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. 
Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Baum means tree, by the way, mm-hmm. so it's green tree. Yes. Um, but I just want to mention that, um, you know, I heard that song a little bit, but I, I really liked it when it was covered by Doctor and the Medics. It was 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, also, okay. El- also, Elton John did uh, a version, and that was just okay. I, I know you love Reginald and all, but I think it was just okay. Uh, Bauhaus came out with something. I'm going to guess it was somewhere around 86, right? I mean, maybe a little before. Mm-hmm. So um, Bauhaus, you know, God I bless think, him. Yeah, I think I know the original more than... I don't know the Elton John one. Yeah. In the sky. Well, probably because it's which ver- just okay. It's really not that great. Ver- yeah. I don't know which version I know. The, I know the older version. What was right. the other one you said? Um, besides, besides Norman? Uh, well, I'm going to get back to that in a second. Doctor and uh, the Medics. That's right. Doctor and the Medics, 1986. Um, so Doctor and the Medics, uh, that one uh, was really cool. And I, I, you know, kind of revived my interest in the song. Uh, I really liked the way they did it. It was, um, yeah, just really in your face. Uh, Bauhaus did it. Mm-hmm. And uh, God bless him. Um, I could not listen to more than about uh, 30 to 60 seconds of that song. <laughs> it, was, mm-hmm. it was rough. It was rough. <laughs> it was- they probably made it um, depressing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The spirit it, in the sky is kind of up, upbeat. They probably like, yeah. You know, going to recommend you to the spirit in the sky. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's where I'm going to go when I die. Uh, so the doctor and the medics. <laughs> it's just it's really cool. So that takes us uh, ten through six. So Jim, take it away. So number five, we have Cecilia by Simon yeah. Garfunkel. And we know that song. Mm-hmm. And you kids, if you don't know Cecilia, got to hear that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number four is Let It Be by the little known band, The Beatles. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. we talked about last month, you know, there were some times where a really slow song was top of the pop charts. So number three is Vehicle, The Ides of March. Interesting. And I, I kind of know that song. Vehicle. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I don't know that one. Number two is ABC by the Jackson 5. Yeah, you could play that in a harmonica and get away <laughs> with it. <laughs> and number one is American Woman, uh, backslash No Sugar Tonight by Ooh. the Guess Who. The, the Guess and Who? We all know American Woman. Wait, you want me to guess who? The Guess Who? The Guess Who? I'm going to guess Led <laughs> Zeppelin. <laughs> And, the uh, name that of, was also covered. If I'm the name of the band is the Guess Who. Life. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, the Guess Who. Yes, the Guess Who. I'm not asking you to guess. No, oh. it's Guess Who. But uh, what, were you, what were you saying, Jim? I'm pretty sure American American Woman that was covered by Lenny Kravitz. I'm pretty sure. That's right. That's 80s. right. Mm-hmm, late eighties. Yeah. yeah, I liked his version. Pretty uh, rocking. Yeah, that Lenny Kravitz yeah. album was was great. We'll have to get to that sometime. So I'm going to crack open a beer here. All right. While you do. Oh, drinking bourbon or something over there? No, I I am put away the uh put away the keystone. See if you can hear the, hear the pour. Go ahead. See if you can yeah. hear the pour. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm drinking uh, a rock to st- This is the start. D- I don't think you poured it very aggressively. What did you just pour it on the side like a bartender or something? I I didn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, so, Jim, what what can we, uh, you know, we're going to do, we're, we're focusing on music tonight, 
that's what I just want uh, yes. our listeners to know. Uh, oh, yeah, um, we didn't say um, our the main the main event. We didn't say what our yeah our main event is. Our albums that came out fifty years ago, May nineteen seventy, and we're going to focus. Yeah, and I'm going to focus on one, and you're going to focus on one. And I, I'm going to guarantee it. You know, our listeners can come and, and and find us, but I'm going to guarantee it that our listeners have all of them have not listened to the whole complete album, both of these. Maybe a no. listener or two has heard something from it, but I'm putting money on it. Putting money on it. Okay, I will. I will almost guarantee that no one, the band you're going to cover no one's ever heard of <laughs> i have never heard of the band you're doing either so that's unless our main event unless you're 70 or, or 80 so i we, hope we were gonna I, listen i hope we have some 70 or 80 year olds here i really do i mm-hmm. hope we have some listeners so that's so the main we were, event i don't know if we but i don't know if we mentioned it before but we we were gonna this show was supposed to be seinfeld and i think we might have mentioned it um somewhere so that's so we, coming up. We changed it's it come- up a bit because we really want to do the Seinfeld show in the booth, in the studio, and hopefully we can get back together soon. Right, um, and and that evening, hopefully, we'll have the cardboard cutouts in front of us. We'll have a lot more to you know energize us, you know, mm-hmm. with, yeah. with with the characters. Because it's better when we're sitting in front of each other, you know. I think. I mean, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. As long as we sound 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 good so yeah i I think that we yeah go ahead what do we have next up this day in music history this day in music history also we're doing yeah may 16th again Mm -hmm. and these aren't 50 years ago or they could be but they're different Mm -hmm. years so why don't you start off there mike all right so i'm starting off with a quick one here yeah this uh this day in music history the 16th of may 1962 uh, here's a quick one here. B Bumble and the Stingers were at number one on the UK <laughs> single charts. No lie. No lie. But this is the Nut Rocker. <laughs> okay. I love this song. <laughs> I have rocker. heard this song. Yes. It is the Nutcracker. It is the instrumental based on Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite. And it's done in full full rock and roll. And uh, I have heard it. I have not okay. heard it in probably a decade. Um no. It, it freaking rocker. rocks. It rocks. Yeah, it's a nut rocker. So it's a, and, so just an instrumental. Yes, instrumental. Yeah. yeah. Now, like we talked last uh, last month, you know, about the sad, slow songs and stuff hitting the pop charts, number one, two, three. Uh, you were able to do an instrumental and get top of the pop charts worldwide, you know, within the top 10 and stuff. It's amazing. So here we go. Uh, UK number yeah. one single. In 1962, Hmm. B. Bumble and the Stingers. (laughs) And I have May 16th, 1966. And the Beach Boys released the classic album Pet Sounds, which is widely ranked as one of the most influential records ever released and has been ranked at number one in several music magazine lists of greatest albums of all time, including New Musical Express, The Times and Mojo magazine. And in 2003, it was ranked number two in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. And number one, just so uh, you know, was the Beatles' Sgt. Peppers. Wow. So that was Actually, I guess one. I'm a little bit surprised. You know, I, I, uh, I didn't think that Pet Sounds would be up there 
uh, in number two greatest albums of all time. Just, just you know, I don't, I never a lot owned of people it. People love that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people love that album. Well, uh, it makes me feel young. You know, I, I feel I, young. <laughs> yeah, not the album. Hearing the you say is, that I, makes me feel like I'm a young one. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will be interesting to to see now. This was in 2003, so we're talking 17 years ago. It'd be interesting to see if it's still number two, or if the Beatles is, are still number one, or something else knocked it out of there. Hey, we'll have to, you know, we'll have but, to check that. Yeah, 17 but, years later, there's it can't be. But, you know, I mean, it's got to be somewhere else. Well, that's yeah. the thing. After 2003, there there wasn't any like, you know, monumental albums that came out that I can think of. Right. And uh, but I I don't particularly like sergeant peppers you yeah. know I, I i like some of the other beatles albums wah, 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 wah. yeah i mean you know it's a lot of that what, yeah. what is that <laughs> <laughs> it's it was a little snippet from sergeant peppers lonely hearts club billy okay. that was billy shears coming at you no i mean <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hopefully uh jim you and i are hopefully gonna hit uh in about two to three months about two to three months we're going to hit uh, a beatles uh album i don't know if i should mention it or not but we're going to hit a beatles yeah. album we're going <clears> to <throat> we're going to review yeah. it we're going to dissect it and we're going to lay it out for you yeah and uh, we hope to do that about two three months from now yeah it's oh let me just yes, let's not will. say what it is let's not say which album but it's not going to be sergeant peppers and it will be hey, different i know the beatles have been around so long that there's probably been you know ever there's probably like thousand reviews on these albums right. but ours is going to be different because <laughs> I'm, I'm we're going to interpret what the songs what we think the songs meant so yeah might add a little comedy in there so. yeah hey speaking okay. of what do you album speaking of album releases on the 16th of may 1966 that same day we have bob dylan's iconic blonde on blonde album and it reached number nine in u.s charts and number three in the uk charts it um was the first double album in rock and roll it's what this is claiming mm-hmm. and it was uh, dylan's seventh studio effort um it was recorded with al cooper robbie robertson and some nashville country music session players and um alice cooper no no al cooper al cooper it's with a k <laughs> yeah so we know robbie robertson uh loved his uh, 1987 solo album but hey, uh, you know, this is special to me um, for two reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. I was born on Bob Dylan, Robert Zimmerman's 20th birthday. That's when I was born. On his, We share a birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, wow. when this, and when this Blonde on Blonde album came out, I was born days later, May 1966. So, hey, it all mm-hmm. comes together. Pretty cool. Yeah. And, and we and, love Bob and Dylan. that album had... Yeah, I just listened to live Bob Dylan, the bootleg. Yeah, what did that? Check out some of the bootleg series. Um, that was and a Rolling Thunder review. It was called. And what were you saying? That album had what on it? What should people listen for in that album? Oh, the well, Blonde on Blonde had Rainy Day Women number twelve and thirty-five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and I think that's um, is that the song that no that I'm thinking of. Everybody wants to get. Everybody wants to get stoned. Must that, get stoned. That song. Must. Everybody must, must get, get stoned. stoned. Yeah, yeah. Not but that I they think, want to. Isn't that? Isn't that that song? Everybody uh, must get stoned. Sometimes has the you un- know, he has that unusual title. Right, right, right. 
That's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then uh, let's see what else is on here. What do you got next uh, in, uh, just in music? Like, just like history. a woman. Oh, oh, oh I thought like you were going next. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah, so there was a couple of now classic songs on there. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. So we're doing okay. uh, what we're doing here is fifty years ago this week in music history. No, this is no this <laughs> this is music history, but not fifty years ago on this day. Oh, on this day, I thought we were fifty years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the album. So um, yeah, that's the album. It would be we're amazing get to if that all this happened on the same day in the same year. But but <laughs> you but what's important here, Jim, is the last two that we did, which is the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds and Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde. They were released the same day, same oh, yeah, sixteenth of Those May, nineteen sixty six. That's why it threw me yes. off there, and that was fifty three, fifty four years ago. Yeah, fifty four. What do you got next? So, uh, okay, May 16th, 1977, mm-hmm. the, London, the London Evening Standard reported that Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant had been arrested at Atlanta Airport wow. for being drunk and pulling a knife. <laughs> uh, so this was 77. Yeah. You know, the, he wouldn't have the knife in the airport. In the midst of their height of their career. Um, right says, since Plant was at his home in Wales at the time of the incident, get this, the person arrested was a man impersonating Plant. <laughs> and the British paper ran an apology the following night. So it was not Robert Plant. So he did not pull a knife. It was some guy that looked like him. That's not easy. We don't, Look, I don't have looking name. like him. No, looking yeah. like Robert Plant, it's not really that easy. You couldn't pull it off. Yeah. And you, and you do uh, imp- impersonations quite well. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to have your shirt opened up, and you know you couldn't. Mm-hmm. You had to be fairly skinny, and and you had a you had to wear tight but pants. But back and, then, and you had a pack too. He was packing, you know. But yeah. back then, you could impersonate anyone. You but now with the internet, mm-hmm. you know they'll just look you up on their their phone or something to see. You know yeah, what's special it. though is years ago you couldn't wear a mask. In fact, months ago you couldn't wear a mask. Now you get away mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. So, Jim, I got uh, one last one for um, on this date in music history. See, I got it right this time. Uh, I'm hitting I'm hitting Ronnie James Dio here, uh, singer with mm-hmm. uh, formerly with uh, Elf, Rainbow, Black Sabbath, and his own band. Uh, Dio died after a six month battle with stomach cancer. He was 67 years old. Dio's mm-hmm. career began in 1957 with what he called the Vegas Kings, and then he changed it to Ronnie and the Rumblers. And then Ronnie and the Red Caps. And then finally, Ronnie Dio and the Prophets. So in 1967, Dio and the Prophets guitarist Nick Pantis formed the Electric Elves. I can't say that without laughing. <laughs> Electric Elves, um, which shortened its name to Elf. So the band's success uh, eventually landed them an opening slot for Deep Purple, which exposed Dio's voice to Deep Purple's guitarist, Richie Blackmore. So we're more familiar with Richie Blackmore, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. You know these. You know, I mentioned some other, other names that people probably don't know. Um, so then uh, Richie Blackmore uh, later recruited Dio and some other members of ELF to be in his new band, Rainbow. So, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to reference this later in just about uh, 15, 20 minutes here. Uh, again, rock, referencing uh, Dio. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. So yeah, that I know a couple, like, yeah, uh, you know, uh, let's see, Rainbow in the Dark, you know, a couple. I didn't know he was, um, 
I didn't know he started in uh, 1957. That's yeah, wow. That's that's, that's, that's revelation a there. Back. Yeah, I th- I think of him as the 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Deep Purple, and then his yeah. own solo in a career. Yeah, he's active in 57 and 67, and then in 77. I mean, he's just 87, you know. But uh, yeah. Okay, so the next one it's a it's a newer um, music history. Newer, but it's it's May sixteenth, nineteen. Uh, I'm sorry, two thousand and four. Yeah, so we're talking sixteen ago. years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this is a band or a person. Frankie, with two E's, started a three three week run at number one on the UK singles chart with F U R B, which <laughs> stands for F U Right Back. Now, what's odd about this is the song was a reply. To the number one song by it's E A M O N Eman that it replaced, which was, and I'm not gonna it was F it it's spelled out. Mm-hmm. I don't want it was called F it. I don't want you back. That was the name <laughs> of his song, and this is the first time that a record and its reply have both made number one. That's so pretty imagine, cool. Yeah person was so i don't know irritated maybe or didn't like the song he wrote a reply back and yeah number one but but to to write that reply and produce it and promote it and to fail would truly be failure you know you're really gambling there so he gambled and won that's pretty cool i have not heard of any of that is that uk did you say that was uk yeah those crazy uk charts Yeah. yeah Crazy, crazy UK charts. And we're referencing, I'm going to reference okay. not only Ronnie James Dio, I'm referencing the UK and London in just a few minutes as well. So it's all coming together, Jim. So what do we got next, Jim? And now for the main event. Okay, we got our main topic. And we're going to talk about the album releases of May 1970. Mm-hmm. That would and be I think there's about thir- years 13 ago. of them here. Okay. Um, so I'll start off. We are focusing on pop. I noticed that uh, there's so much information in what we, uh, what, what's in front of us here. But uh, yeah, so we're looking at rock, rock, funk, blues, pop, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Just not, you know, we're not hitting some of the other uh, opera, classical. Yeah. So this is uh, generally what was uh, popular worldwide. Yeah. And these are, um, this month in uh, particular, uh, there weren't that many album releases. For May huh. 1970. I mean, there yeah. were 13. But if you think about the album releases now, even back then, I was looking at the other months, and there could be like, I don't know, 20, 30, even more. So mm-hmm. this was a very right. low, low month. Uh, maybe May. I don't know. If May. I don't know if there's a popular month or you think right before summer, though. So. Anyway. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I I think that as a, as a musician, I think that uh, it would be more popular, more common to uh, to work when the weather's not so nice. You know, when you're not taking vacations, May through mm-hmm. August, well, I, um, September. You know, listen. so you know when you when you when the weather's bad, you mm-hmm. go in the studio and 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 hit it. Because this um, the other night I was listening to Foreigner for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it was recorded um, the beginning or the end of the year before 1980, like November, December, up until April, right? They recorded. Right. That it makes took like four or five months. That makes sense. Finishing off in re- April. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they didn't release it till July. 
So, but who knows, you know, the, the editing, the, you know, how long it, it takes once, once it's recorded. Yeah. Uh, You would more naturally think that you would want to release in May, June and, and, you know, get the, get the kids buying in June, you know? And that album reminds me of the the summer too, because it came out in July and that's when I got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we, uh, let's see, we're starting off with May 6th and this is all 1970. Uh, the self-titled album Poco, Poco came out. Yeah. Uh, May eighth, we have the Jackson Five with ABC. Yeah. So if you think about it, we just read the top ten, you know, singles. Right. Right. And their song ABC was on that top ten already. So that's how popular they were uh, to be at number two. On May eighth, the album came, comes out, and by May sixteenth. They're at number two, right? So and right along, later. and right along with that, the same date you somebody else you just mentioned minutes ago. Yeah, the Beatles' "Let It Be" came right. out on the same exact date as the Jackson Five ABC. Wow. Uh, May eleventh, we have Woodstock music from the original soundtrack and more, and this is various artists. On now the this soundtrack. is this is interesting because this is this is months later. This is less than a year uh, from the yeah. Woodstock. They decided to put it all together and put an album out, get it out on vinyl. Yeah, and the fifteenth we have uh, King Crimson with "In the Wake of Poseidon," and interesting. that's your uh, progressive rock yeah, choice yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and May sixteenth, this is an album I really love, and it's the Who, and it's live at Leeds. And I just found out recently, I think Leeds was a university. Okay. And it was a place. I, <laughs> I didn't, didn't know what Leeds was. I thought it was a club. Yeah. Um, but this 1970, The Who, if you haven't heard this album and you like classic rock, um, you got to hear this because it's, it's, they're at their prime. Yeah. And, and you know, songs you, you know by now if you know The Who. So. Yeah. You know, the live is so much better. I was going back, uh, Jim, you gave me about 10 years ago, you gave me uh what was that Zeppelin four DVD set or something, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was amazing. And so just to, just to look at Zeppelin and, and watch Zeppelin in 70 and 71 and what they're doing, it's so much better than just, than just listening to studio where they were forced to uh, be restrained like a dog on a chain, you know? And so mm-hmm. just to watch, just to watch Zeppelin go wild. Uh, I, I would love to, uh, to watch or listen to, Live at least. Well, there's one called How the West. I think it's called How the West Was Won. Yeah, it kicks. And it's a it's a three disc Led Zeppelin. That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, yeah. okay, so on the same day, um, we have a lesser known band, Country Joe and the Fish. Oh, everybody knows that. Um, with their album C.J. Fish. C.J. They did Fish. have a uh, now Country Joe and the Fish sound familiar. I know they had a hit. I'm gonna have to look that up later, Jim. That's not clicking. <laughs> Here, I'm going to tell you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, or maybe I'm not. Porpoise mouth. No, that's not it. <laughs> okay. I thought they had a hit. The fish cheer. No, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So why don't you continue? Uh, we're yes. still on now. Now this is this is interesting. On May 16th, uh, there were three, four, five, six, nine out of the what is it? 13 albums came out on the 16th in May, 1970. Wow. So you're going to continue with the 16th. Yeah. So uh, we have the album Come Together 
by Ike and Tina Turner. Not sure what, uh, I'm sure we got a hit or two off of that for sure. Hot Tuna came out with a self-titled album, Hot Tuna. Quatermass, uh, their debut and self-titled album, Quatermass, out of London, England. Thank Christ for the Bomb by the Groundhogs. Everybody knows the Groundhogs, right? Y'all know? <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, you're going to know them after this podcast. You're going to know the Groundhogs. Whether you want to or not, if you continue listening. <laughs> continue to listen. And also and, uh, quarter, a quarter mass. Quarter mass, yes. yeah, quarter mass. So, um, that's, that's fun to say, quarter mass. Quarter mass, quarter mass. Quarter mass. Quarter mass. Okay. Quarter mass. Um, you know, I, I was just wondering, you know, cause this is, this is, this is exact time as the Beatles in their prime. So, you know, if, do you think, do you think Paul McCartney, what, what would he say? Do you think he would be on to quarter mass? Would he give an assessment? Maybe. Oh, hold, hold on. Hold on a minute. Is he there? Hello? Is he? Paul, is that... this, oh, is, hey. this is Paul. Paul, how you doing? Oh, this just... Paul, this is Mike. Oh hi hi Mike I, I just I love you I love your party I love your party Well well you, thank you you, you, either, you know you're either saying you, party or podcast I'm not sure but that's okay it's what, it's a British what, accent What what do you call that in America is a podcast podcast that's it that's it yes. yes that's right that's right and and Paul I was just wondering you know what you, what you know this this band that could have been big could have been bigger than the Beatles uh, Quatermass uh, have you heard of them Oh I've I've heard of Quatermass yes I I I was at the time I was thinking of producing that album, and uh, I was recording "Let It Be" with with my bandmates, and we were in you know we right. You're probably you're there probably, was a girl you know uh, yes. in the studio, and uh, we started dating. And uh, oh, I'm getting off track here. Sorry. Quatermass was recorded the same time as "Let It Be," so you probably were not really tuned into that. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining us, and. Um, Wait, say, hold on, hold on, I, I, hold on. I, I, I wrote a new song. Oh, well, good, good. This is brand new. Whoops, I'm a little rusty. Yeah, go ahead, Paul. <laughs> That's new. I just wrote that. Yeah, yeah. That 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 could be a hit. That you got most. You might have something there. I'm a believer. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm still, I'm still working on it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You got me. I've got, yeah. I've got to go. Yeah. Hey, thanks for stopping by, Paul. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And uh, hey, let it be. Wow, that was great. Yeah. I, I took a break. Uh, yeah. Paul uh, came in. Yeah, you deferred. You deferred to one of. You got one of the Beatles in your presence. It's like you know the king. Yeah. It's like yeah. having royal. It's royal. It's British royalty, yes, sir. sir. I did. I did. I address. <laughs> oh my! I didn't address him as sir. I need to address him, sir, in the, in public. Omg, I maybe forgot. you'll call another time. Okay. Yeah, uh, my apologies. Throwing that out. Let me get back to the <laughs> albums that were released yeah, where, where, where? fifty years ago. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to just list three more, and then I want to get into uh, Quatermass because you know hmm. many of you don't know, and even Paul, excuse me, sir, Paul McCartney doesn't know. Uh, some other albums. We got to Will You Visit Me on Sunday by George Jones. The World of Johnny Cash by Johnny Cash. I don't know if that was a compilation mm-hmm. or what that was. Uh, 
Jim, maybe. Yeah, that might. Think, that sounds like a compilation. Yeah, the world of Johnny Cash bringing it together here for the fans. And um, Carol King released Writer, and we know Carol King as a singer songwriter, and she put out an album called Writer. Probably a lot of her, maybe a lot of her poetry and and songs put together. But uh, getting getting to uh, if you'll let me, Jim, getting to Quatermass. Very oh, hold interesting. Hold on a minute. I was just hand- oh. hold oh, on a wh- minute. Go ahead. What do just- you got there? Hold on. I was just handed something. Yes. Go ahead. Oh no. We've got breaking news. Hold on. A minute. This is breaking news. Breaking news. Okay. Woo. Okay. This just came in. Yeah. What do you got? This is from the web. This is from the website page six. And it's the article is titled, he's not Batman, he's Superman. So this is, this is a breaking news story. Ben Affleck showed off some impressive climbing skills on Thursday by scaling a security fence after he and his girlfriend, Anna DeArmas, arrived home and apparently found themselves locked out. He even (gasps) kept his face mask on while hopping the gate. Wow. And the love, wait, it's, there's more. Oh, yeah. The lovebirds had had come back from a neighborhood stroll with two dogs in tow. And he also showed some hometown pride wearing a t shirt reading Believe in Boston. So that's, it's, it's, it's always so, so crucial to hear the news of Ben Affleck. Yeah, (laughs) I know, I know. I have to compose myself. I know that you are a big follower, a big fan. Of uh, of uh, the BA, the Ba Ben Affleck. Yeah, I refer to him as Ba. Well, my assistant came in and handed me that. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's from Thursday, you know, the world needs to know. Yeah, this stuff. I I have I've got a question for. Are you treating Sir Paul McCartney well? Are you getting him what he needs? Water, things like that. He went downstairs. I think my wife's okay. making him a mm-hmm. sandwich or something. Is he petting co- pet- roast beef? Is he petting Cody? And we put the muzzle on. We don't want Cody biting Sarah Paul McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna educate our listeners a little bit here, uh, and I'm gonna be educating you, and you're gonna be educating me. Quatermass, we're going to talk about that. Quatermass, it's spelled like quarter, but without the first R. Quarter, quarter. So Quatermass mm-hmm. is a British progressive rock band from London. They were active between 1969 and 1971. And they composed of, their trio composed of Mick Underwood on drums and percussion, John Gustafsson on bass and lead vocals, and J. Peter Pete Robinson on keyboards. And they get their name. It's an interesting name. You know, where does Quatermass come from? Uh, mm-hmm. They are named after the fictional scientist, Professor Bernard Quatermass, who was originally created really? by, yeah, by, by the writer, the British writer for BBC television, Nigel Neal. And, uh, you know, he was, he was in a lot of science fiction films. He was the featured uh, in three influential BBC science fiction series in the 1950s, a little bit before my time. And again, for a final series 
for Thames Television in 1979. So, you know, they, they said, uh, you know, what are we going to name our band? They said, well, you know, we all love Bernard Quatermass. So, you know, let's go okay. with that. So the, um, the group formed as a power trio. You know, you got you to picture the 70s. And, you know, they weren't into the 70s yet. This was 1970. So you got to think that the 60s were just behind them. Uh, again, month, months ago, it would have been Woodstock and the wildness that was Woodstock. But people were going in different directions. So uh, they featured the Hammond organ. I'm going to get back to that in a minute as their main instrument. And that would be uh, Robinson on keyboards. So there There's, were three people in the band? Yeah. So you have drums and bass and the, the lead singer uh, is, is singing, playing bass and then keyboards. So um, let's see here. So, so yeah, I gave, uh, well, this was the self-titled album, debut album. It's the only one they've ever done until they formed again uh, decades later. So the album starts off with a song called Entropy. It's quiet. It's ethereal. And then it goes into an electronica sound, and it's really years ahead of its time. Again, this is 1970, and like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's most likely uh, Robinson uh, doing some pretty wild stuff with his Hammond organ. So um, the next song, which is interesting, um, it talks about singles, as in you know what escaped into the airwaves, and the singles, uh, "Black Sheep of the Family," "One Blind Mice," and "Gemini." Those three singles. Jim, when I listened to them, um, I, I, they didn't please my ears. And I'll tell you why. Um, what we've got on those singles is, is screaming vocals and, <laughs> and that we heard in hard rock bands of the 70s. You know, think uh, Ronnie James Dio, uh, the Scorpions, okay. Poison Rat, you know, everybody that followed them, Def Leppard. You know, it's just that, uh, just, just the, the, the hard rock uh, screaming vocals. So you've got that, and that's what got out from this album, which is really interesting. Um, and so it's really, really hard, hard music. No, uh, only half of it is. So you have these these uh, okay. basic basic rock keyboard influence. So the next song, post war uh, Saturday Echo. I'm not going to go through every song, but I'm just going to throw out some. You know, talk about several songs here. Post war Saturday Echo. It starts off with aggressive keyboards on the Hammond organ. It sounds a lot like what you and I know from Kansas. In fact, if you put this next to some Kansas songs, you would have said, that's Kansas. Um, just picture, you know, carry on my wayward son and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, you got that. You got that Hammond organ going strong, leading, you know, and uh, maybe guitar here and there, you know, uh, like on Kansas. Um, one of my favorites on the album is Up on the Ground. Uh, it could have been uh, recorded in 1970, or it sounds to me like it could have been recorded by... John Medeski, the keyboardist with Medeski, Martin, and Wood. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, if you jump ahead to the last song in the album, uh, Punting. So Up on the Ground and Punting, uh, you know I'm a fan of instrumental music, uh, maybe a little bit more than you, Jim. Um, both of them, if you listen to the word, the, the song Punting, the last song, instrumental, you could put that right up against Medeski, Martin, and Wood's uh, late '90s, uninvisible. You could you could put up against one of the one of the songs from that album, and it would fit right in. You wouldn't know any difference. And uh, John Medeski, very talented um, on keyboards. And you know, it's very possible that John Medeski in his collection has Quatermass, unlike anybody you and I know. He could easily have Quatermass in there. And thinking about yeah, you know, I know you like them. I don't. I'm not that familiar. 
Yeah, it's Martin. instrumental, and and, and uh, Medeski, Martin, and Wood. You have uh, John Medeski playing keys. You've got uh, Wood on bass, who is part of the Wood Brothers. So the Wood Brothers is two brothers and another guy, and uh, he plays bass for the Wood Brothers. And they, they're touring. I saw them with, um, I just forgot, some bands uh, just a few years ago. <laughs> just forgot. Um my favorite, but what's, what you got, my favorite song, along with Punting, the last song, is a track uh, stuck in the middle of the disc. It's called Laugh and Tackle. Laughing like laughing and tackle like, you know, what you take with you to go fishing. Uh, it's an instrumental. starts off free-flowing. It gets really aggressive, gets wild, and it comes, it's, uh, it gets into including 16 violins, six violas, six cellos, three double bass. And it's arranged by Robinson, and Robinson is the keyboard player I was referencing. So the song, uh, if you want to check out anything on this album, check out Laugh and Tackle, and then go ahead and check out the last song, Punting. And if there's anything else, uh, if you are into Ronnie James Dio and the Scorpions and progressive rock of the 70s, you can you can check out the whole album because you're going to hear songs with vocals and such. Um, I think that... Just to bring this together here, Jim, I think that they were early in progressive rock, not even knowing what they were doing. It was likely called progressive rock years later, right? That's usually how genres are thrown together and titled. So they didn't know what they were doing, but mm-hmm. they were they were being innovative. And along with being innovative as a trio, going and throwing out those screaming vocals that aren't exactly my favorite, but you know, we all have it's it's interesting that I could listen to this whole album as I did in recent days and again today and just really love the instrumental and to see what the trio was doing. Um, they came back together. One final note here. Now this was our, did you mention it that it was their only album? Correct? That's right. It was their debut getting. and I don't know if they toured or not, but um, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, their song, we did talk about deep purple and Ronnie James Dio and rainbow. So the band song from this album, Black Sheep of the Family uh, was the first track to be recorded by Rainbow, having been rejected oh, for the Deep okay. Purple album Stormbringer. So interesting. Rainbow's first recorded song hmm. is Black Sheep of the Family, um, which is, I think, the second or third song on this album. What's interesting is, um, is Underwood, who is the drum player and percussionist for Quatermass, Underwood uh, brought together six other people, and this was in 1994. So, wow, 24 years later, he gets, uh, I won't list all of these guys. I've not heard of any of them before. Bass, vocals, Mm -hmm. guitars, keyboards, more guitars, and more guitars, and originally called it Quatermass 2. So, Hmm. uh, founding members of Deep Purple. Uh, Let's see who else we got and and uh, other people that we have not heard of. And they put out an album in 1997. They worked on it from 94 to 97, put out The Long Road in 1997. And I didn't get a chance to listen to what it would be like 24 years later for Quatermass. So check it out if well, I'm you sure, like. Um, I'm sure some of these musicians, they they would be in one band, or maybe they were just, a, they would tour with different bands. They really didn't. Maybe they were good musicians, but they really didn't um, become famous, you know, or or maybe even start their own bands. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you right. needed a drummer, like, oh, I know this guy. He's really good. 
you know, he played with this band, right. or, you know, or toured with this band. So like traveling. Right. And I think, right. And I think that if you, if you were, let's say you and I were back there in 1970 and you're one of these names mentioned, you know, I would have gone the route of avant-garde and instrumental and experimental where somebody else, maybe you would have gone the, the route of, uh, you know, the guitars and, and making it big and singing, mm-hmm. you know, there's just, you can go different ways with it. And, uh, and yeah. you know the, the vocalist would go one way, and uh, I think maybe drummer uh, Underwood took it a different way. So you find your place. I think I think you're right, but I think as an as a, an artist, I think you you would switch bands. You would find your place. What satisfies your creative uh, niche, your creative uh, itch? Now you uh, now something completely different here. You've got uh, you've got an album for us from exactly this fifty is years a band ago. Called the Groundhogs. There is something similar to Quartermass, and it's that both of these bands were on not EMI, but they were on a subsidiary. Or what do you call it? A uh, subsidiary. Yeah, it'd be a, a of, portion of EMI. Of, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a different branch of EMI, as far right. as the record label went. Right. Uh, so, so the album is called "Thank Christ for the Bomb." And it's their third, the Groundhog's third studio album. And it was on a label called Liberty. Right. So that was a uh, EMI owned that label. So they probably put these bands that, I mean, this is their third album, but maybe they put these bands on their other label just to see how they would do. Right. Before they brought them. Because maybe they didn't give them as much uh, publicity. Mm-hmm. You know, back then you would go on, I guess you'd go on a talk show or. I don't know, maybe a radio show, you know, to yeah. promote yourself. I don't know how you would do it. Did you say um, this was their third album? Yeah, this is their third album. Wow. And they were also um, pretty much a power trio. As far as a certain period from about 19, uh, around 63, 64, into like 1974, yeah. it was basically the same three people. It was Tony McPhee. He was the guitarist and singer. Uh, Peter uh, Cruikshank, he played bass. Wow. Cruikshank. Cruikshank. And Ken Pustelnelnik was on drums. So So it was, um, yeah, so they. um, It was guitar, bass, and drums. Yeah. Now, also, throughout their, like, they're still, believe it or not, somewhat touring. Uh, They're not touring right now, of course. But as far as I could tell, they're toured up to 2014. They have um, a new drummer, a new bass player. But the original singer, I think he's doing a little bit of touring because I think here that he had a stroke or something recently. But anyway. Right. um, So he's he's been off and on with this band. But I've never heard of this band. Maybe they only tour in the UK. That's what I'm thinking. Like some of these bands that we don't hear of in the United States. We don't see. Right. They could have not played a gig in the U S at all ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because some, maybe they would have played at a festival or they would have played with another band and we would have heard of them. But I listened to, first of all, I, I was listening to the wrong album. Um, yeah. And, and there's a reason for that. Because so it's confusing too, because there's the album. Thank Christ for the bomb. Um, which came out in 1970 on that May 16th. And um, there's also an anthology called Thank Christ for the Bomb. 
Yeah, hence the confusion. So, yeah. When you go on Apple Music, they only have the anthology. So that's what... <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, there's 44 songs on here? Wow. So this <laughs> album... This album has nine songs, and I listened to I, I listened to all of them. A couple of them I didn't really critique because I didn't they didn't really stand out. Um, right. So we have uh, track number one is called Strange Town, and this has that what I like to call horse riding music, which it's that up and down kind of beat, like whether it's even the guitar, like that. This is. This song's kind of trippy, mm -hmm. and it's this band's been c compared to Cream, mm -hmm. which is a great yeah. band. And, oh yeah, I did have uh, two LPs, singer, but the lead singer kind of kind of sounds like a cheaper version of Cream. And this is this song is one of the closest to like a Cream song. That would be Light Cream, um, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, hold on a minute, I got a bell. Let's see. Uh, just referencing. While you're referencing uh, Cream, it's uh, Ginger Baker and such, and this uh, again, kind of a kind of a uh, power trio uh, of the early '70s. Well, I think Eric Clapton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Cream. I did, I did. I used to know all the members there. It's it's too long ago, man. So then, uh, track two is called. Now I, I listened to this a little bit more today in the car with my son. My son's 16. Yeah. And it's it's sad because my son could care less about music yeah um but maybe that'll change later on because did he give an indication of what he thought about this while he was listening or he really didn't care no uh, he sort of tolerates me playing music and mm -hmm. doesn't really <laughs> sometimes i'll um <laughs> if i'm playing rush i'll say that doesn't he have a unique voice you know doesn't you know i'm trying to get something out of him yeah yeah but so anyway i was playing this today in the car I've been listening to this like, a little bit all, all week. Um, yeah, yeah. So now let me also say, this is the first time that I've heard the term progressive blues. Wow. Now I've heard of progressive rock, but I never thought that there could be progressive blues. Yeah, so they're, they're progressing I'm, with blues. They're taking the old blues and doing something else with it, right? Yeah. Now, I would suggest you, if you have Apple Music or even go on YouTube and look up the Groundhogs, but this this song it's called Darkness is No Friend. This if you want to um know what progressive blues sounds like, this is this is one of the songs. Mm -hmm. And it's um you know, it's bluesy but it's 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 fast. Not real fast, you know, like not speed metal, but um <laughs> and it's a little bit all, it's a little bit all over the place like progressive rock, you know, just yeah. playing whatever. Uh a lot of these songs they're just jamming and uh jim so is it uh is it all uh vocals or is there uh half instrumental like like the album that i reviewed all the songs have some some vocals yeah just one there yeah there's no totally instrumental songs on here so the darkness is no friend it's a good bluesy song and i said it shows more blue blues uh side than anything than on the album um and then we have a song called soldier which i really didn't yeah, that probably didn't stand out. Now this song, the title of the album and the uh, the song "Thank Christ for the Bomb." Yeah, uh, that song really. I mean, I may go back and listen to it again. Now, what's interesting about this album and this sound is that it's not it's not clean. Like, like you don't think a cream is being really clean, but it's more uh, produced. 
studio it's, produced. It's going to sound fuller and richer and produce more than like, say, Cream. This almost sounds like <laughs> someone was recording in their basement or their garage, like a garage band. Yeah. Not not that bad, but it it sounds like they just got together and they had the lyrics and, and maybe some, a little bit of melody. And yeah. they just like, because they're, a lot of these songs, there's a there's a jam like in the middle or the end of the song. They just going off, and so this song, and I can't say I hated this. I actually liked, like right. I never heard of this band before. And uh, yeah, so Jim, Jim, since you're mentioning song, that, I, just wait a second, Jim. So since you're mentioning that, uh, and I think that was the progressive part. I think that you know what what you had before this in the mid '60s and before. You know, unless you were doing jazz or blue or straight up blues, uh, you know, you you had your three and a half minute song. You just you just did your songs. And that's what the Beatles did. You know, Beatles weren't jamming in the middle yeah. of it. Um, yeah. And so I think that was the progressive part. Yeah, really, just let, having the freedom to just uh, wail and jam in the middle, which of course you know we did see with people like Hendrix and stuff doing this. You know, this year in that year. Now this this song is um, about seven minutes, eight minutes long. Um, wow! It they starts were out with so it starts out with an acoustic guitar, and it's like the guys that just like slapping the chords, like yeah. it, it's like almost sounds like a demo, like the guitar. I mean, yeah. But the lyrics are about, and I tried to figure it out. I'm it sounded like it was World War Two, and then he's talking about 1939. So it's I don't know if it's supposed to be a war song or if it, it's obviously know. not about Vietnam. Yeah. Um, and the the chorus is, you know, so I thank Christ for the bomb, um, and he sings that over a couple of times. You have you have this little kind of story, and then yeah. and then the a little bit of acoustic guitar again, and then there's then the song just drops, right? Yeah, this is two minutes into the song, the song just like drops, and then comes <laughs> in with bass, just just bass drums. And then the electric guitar kicks in and it's like full throttle. And I, I compare it to sounding like a bee buzzing. Right. Wow. And then it goes into a, the guitar. I don't, I, I think it's guitar. It sounds almost like a missile sound. <laughs> it's like, it, it's pretty intense. And then it's a total oh, jam the, session. Total jam the, session. That was the bomb they were talking about. Yeah. So, well, it gets better. So total jam session. And then it, it kind of drops off again the last 30 seconds of the song. Now I was listening to this in the car and I think I had the volume low. So I'm like, I thought the last 30 seconds like was nothing like no sound, but no, there's a, right. like a droning keyboard and then the sound of a couple bombs going off and that's how the song ends. So this <laughs> song is like really like it's slow and in fa- it's, it's like all over the place, but. I believe that we were in the middle of uh, the Vietnam War at that point, but you know this is the this is the UK, not the yeah. USA. But uh, yeah, it's it's some, some commentary. I think it's some political commentary there. It almost sounds like they wanted to write a song about Vietnam, but just changed the years and didn't want it to make it truly. That's what they were saying, but sort of a commentary on war itself, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Um, so we have a couple other. I go through here real quick. Um, yeah. Oh, a ship on the ocean. That's uh, 
track five. Now, I have to also mention the drummer, like Mike, you should check this band out. I was really yeah. impressed with the, the drummer. It, it's a lot of drum rolls and a lot of, you know, like, it's just, it's not just like, to, 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 you know, it. Yeah. when they're jamming, the guy's jamming with them. And, you know, I, I really think this drummer is a really good drummer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's doing now. Hmm. But he, would, he was also, um, he rejoined the band in 2003 to 2004. The actual, oh, cool. the, the original drummer. So let's see. Oh, and one one other thing. I don't know if I mentioned this. I looked through the list of musicians because you know bands they did put out uh, albums um, into I think the two thousands <laughs> with different uh-huh. musicians, right? So I went down the list and they. I'm serious. There were like twelve drummers that have drummed for this band. That's I don't lot. know if it's album Usually it's work just two or, or three. Yeah, or, yeah. So um, now Ship on the Ocean sounds like um, a very famous song. The guitar riff sounds. Let me see if uh, I get my guitar real quick. Yeah, yeah. How many notes can you name this song? You don't know the song. Though. Or if I play it right. Go ahead. Here we go. Probably not playing at the right speed, but yeah, so that's last train to Clarksville, sorta. Right? Okay. La- the monkeys. We we can't do a podcast without talking about the monkeys. So um, <laughs> Mickey Dolans is your friend. I'm listening to this song, and it's almost the same notes. Yeah, yeah, like, well, like, probably is. I, I knew it right away, and it's mm-hmm. like throughout the song. Which yeah, song, which song came first? I don't know the the monkeys' uh, last train to Clarksville. You know whether what the the uh, Monkeys year. were six days. So yeah. That would have come first. I was watching so, them on um, TV in the 70s, but yeah. Jim, I see I here know. that the uh, the band was originally going to be called John Lee's Groundhogs when they backed up John Lee Hooker in 1964. Yeah. John Lee Hooker. Maybe were you going to get to that? Yeah, I don't want to go on too long. But no, no, can, but uh, yeah. but you know the Groundhogs. That's where it comes from. It comes from John Lee Hooker's song "Groundhogs Blues." Yes, that is true. <laughs> what else you got there, Jim? So um, now the next song, uh, "Gar," it's called "Garden." Simple name, right? Yeah. So this is just a simple, simple guitar, bass, drum rolls. But I figured out this is really about a song about someone who does not not like to do landscaping. <laughs> okay. Just, it starts out starts out my garden is overgrown and the yeah. weeds are creeping up on my home right wow. the grass has grown over 2 feet high and the trees are blocking out the skies and then french windows won't open anymore so this this guy does not he doesn't have the money for a landscaper yeah, right or and, and, and it's going into his ma- house maintenance there the shutters aren't even opening so this song has also has believe it or not because it, it says kind of a slower song but it it has a, a jam in the middle and at the end so <laughs> some of these songs are very interesting yeah because you're there's they like to jam so they'll just like put in a like it's not none of these songs are simple just pop songs of course right um, or even simple run-of-the-mill 70s songs yeah um now to end it with the songs here um Let's see. Now, this is off this song. Now, if you really want to get a feel for the band, mm-hmm. you want to listen to the song Junk Man. 
Okay. Uh, now this is this gives you a good feel what the progressive blues sound is. Uh, there's a lot of jamming in this song. Uh, feedback on the guitar. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and this is another song where halfway through the song it stops, and this begins with some weird guitar sounds, and it sounds like I. I the only way I can describe it is that the guy is playing his guitar with a sharp rock. Yeah. <laughs> or if God if Godzilla was a guitar. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 just so strange. Now this is off the album Split, which came out the following year, nineteen seventy one. Yeah. And this album is weird because it has a song called Split and it's in four parts. It's like split. Part one, part two, part three, part four. Yeah. And they're mostly instrumentals as far as I can tell. But if you put the four songs together, it's 18 minutes. So you got the first four songs are all called Split Wow. on that album. But that's where Junk Man, so listen to Junk Man by the Groundhogs. Junk Man. And that will tell you what this band is about. So yeah. now I, I pulled some uh, a couple quotes from YouTube. We got a quote from Derek. When all else fails, the groundhogs. <laughs> Three exclamation marks. Um, Stefano says, blues progressive rock masterpiece with great work by bass. says by bass and guitar. Now this is, um, I think, I don't know if this was, I think this is, trying to think if this was a song that was reviewed. I should have wrote yeah. it down. Yeah. But anyway. Um, now this other simple secret of that's their name by the 25th listen it became apparent this stands <laughs> up to anything cream recorded so you <laughs> gotta to listen tw- to 25, 25 times. times yeah jim i'm looking at something here and uh it looks like uh, the groundhog started in 1963 to present and you talked about you know all the different people that joined the band it's four current Four current members and twenty-five former members. It's twenty-nine oh, yeah. people yeah. over the course of decades. Yeah. Um, fifty-seven years to be exact. Yeah, fifty-seven years uh, of playing together. They have had twenty-nine people uh, in the band. Wow. Who else can say yeah, the, that? The band was originally formed as the Dollar Bills mm-hmm. in New Cross, London. 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 19- yeah. Quartermass, London. 19- they they were they were hanging out together. They probably played together. Now in 1962, by the brothers Pete and John Cruikshank. Now they they're from um, India. Okay. Oh, so India. The, so the so John was with the band for only a couple of years, and I'm yeah. not sure what he played. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the one that suggested that they change that they change the name to the Groundhogs. Mm-hmm. Again, that was out of his love so they, for John Lee Hooker and the Groundhogs Blues. Now the um, now the their lineup on their first album was produced by the 19 year old head of A and R for Liberty Records, Mike wow. Bat. Wow. 19 years old, he was mm-hmm. the head of A and R. So that tells you how big that record company was. Or yeah, <laughs> when you have a 19 year old running it, uh, that was released in November 1968. That was the original trio. Let me see here. We got McPhee, Crookshank, and Pastelnik. Pastelnik. Mm-hmm. Pastelnik. Uh, yeah. So that was the um, trio. 
In 71, uh, they supported the Rolling Stones tour, the Rolling Stones on a 1971 British tour at the request of Mick Jagger. Wow. So he was a fan. Yeah. And I know the uh, Stones were fans of blues, um, like American blues, um, like chess records. Yeah. Um, Keith Richards would order records from chess records in America, in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, They released an album from that tour with the Stones, and it was recorded at Leeds University, and it was called Live at Leeds. So like The Who, wow, the Groundhogs also recorded there, released the live album, and not didn't become as huge as you know The Who. Now, they broke up in 74, and they returned in 1975 with a different lineup. Uh, After years of performing and recording for a loyal following... Original <laughs> manager Roy Fisher put together a short-lived original lineup to celebrate their 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And then McPhee left the band again, and let's see. Then he embarked on a major tour in 2004 with Edgar Winter and Alvin yeah. Lee. Gotta love Edgar Winter. And, and issued a an blues album. I'll have to check that out. So that was in 2004. Hmm. Um, then McPhee put together a new band in 2007. And it says, as of 2011, the new Groundhogs lineup consisted of McPhee, uh, this other guy, Anderson, and they got a a woman singer now, Joanna Deacon, Mm -hmm. and a new drummer, Carl Stokes. Um, And he's from the death rock band, Cancer. Cancer. (laughs) He's a drummer from Cancer. Yeah. Um, Now, Kansas, Cancer. Yeah. Uh, and due to McPhee's ongoing health issues uh, to a stroke in 2009, uh, they re- sort of retired. It was Tony McPhee and the Groundhogs. That's what they were called last January 2014. Yeah. So it sounds like they're pretty much retired. Now, my last thing here is when I went on Apple Music, which I love. Yeah. We're, you know, we're kind of promoting it, I guess. But Mike and I really love yeah. Apple Music. Yeah, it works um, for me. They have now. I'm not lying about this. I look up weird stuff sometimes. Not a big country music fan, but no. because George Jones was on this this list of albums, mm-hmm. I looked up George Jones, and there's 70 or 72 albums on Apple Music. Wow. Now, who has 70 albums to begin with? But wow. they're all on there. So if, yeah, if, amazing. So if if you're a big George Jones fan and Get Apple Music because yeah. everything's on there. Yeah. So anyway, you'll go on there and um, it'll have a little description of the band or the musician, but they're not really reviews. You know, it's just telling you about the band. But this one was a little bit too descriptive. Yeah. Like this person love to hear it. Like the groundhogs. Oh, so, so it's so it's opinion. Throw an opinion in with a description. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The groundhogs were not. British blues at their most creative, Mm. (laughs) nor were they British blues at their most generic. Mm. So they're somewhere in between. They were prone to jam too long on basic riffs. They couldn't hold a candle to American blues singers in terms of vocal presence, and their songwriting wasn't so hot. Mm. I'm not making this up. It wasn't so hot. Yeah, this is an old review, right? This is from back in the day, right? Oh, this is Apple. This This is Apple. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so barely no. And then uh, it does say for a while they were extremely popular in Britain, landing three albums in that country's top ten in the early seventies. But 
that, you know, saying the songwriting wasn't so hot, that's, that's right. like a review. Yeah. That's not yeah. a description. It's kind of so, odd. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, um, that's enough for the groundhogs. Yeah. So, uh, Jim, yeah. just, uh, just following up here with the progressive rock, since we've been talking about it so much, if some of our younger listeners aren't so into, into, or know much about prog rock, progressive rock of the early seventies, just yeah. seeing, uh, in our list here that we're referencing, uh, from Wikipedia, this is albums released in the year 1970, 50 years ago. Just looking at, just want to mention some other names of people who are releasing albums uh, around there. There's so much, but not in funk or in pop, but in in progressive rock. Uh, right around this time, uh, we have um, we got Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, obviously shortened to T Rex. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, there's Alice Cooper releasing something. Ginger Baker. Okay, Alice right. Cooper is Easy Action. Okay, I just wanted to know the album. Yeah, I just want to. Th- I'm going to throw these out. I'm just going to throw these out here. I'm not going to not going to get yeah, into them. Okay. Uh, Ginger Baker's Air yeah. Force, uh, self titled. Mm-hmm. We got. Uh, let's see what what else we have here. Looking at prog progressive rock. Jethro Tull released Benefit, Iron Butterfly Live, Cream, Live Cream. It's live 1968 okay. and one studio outtake. So it's live from 1968. And uh, let's look what else we got. King Crimson. We mentioned that already in the wake of Poseidon. We've got that. Uh, Deep Purple. This is days later after the after May that we were talking about there. Deep Purple in Rock mm-hmm. is the album. Procol Harum, Home, Uriah Heep. Just a lot of uh, a lot of this progressive yeah. rock. And um, hey, there's a, there's one we could talk about sometime. Steel Eye Span. That's interesting. Um, Todd Rundgren. <laughs> Todd Rundgren released Runt. Interesting. You know, okay. certainly, certainly yes, uh, Todd Rundgren. That. Yeah. Cer- cer- I think cer- I've heard cer- Yeah. Certainly progressive. Todd's still doing it, you know, after all these years. I just, I just started getting into progressive rock. The only band I really liked was Rush, which I still like. But oh, yeah. One band I never liked was Yes. I just... I think you might have liked them. Yeah, Jim, I was into yep. uh, Yes, and I was into Emerson, Lake, and Palmer pretty pretty deep there. I yeah. love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And don't listen to yeah, it just, anymore. You know, I don't know what that means, you know. Jim, what do we got next for our listeners who've held on so long with okay. us? Okay, we're going to do our last segment, and we're going to do something fun here. Music trivia. We've yeah, got cool. a music trivia uh it's not a game, but it's it's just questions. Uh, so we're not just testing this. the listeners here. We're testing each other. Is that right? Yes. And we're going to ask each other six questions. Uh, Mike already has his. That yeah. I chose randomly. <laughs> I, I bet you did. Ra- but first, I'm going to crack open a beer. Yeah, you do All that, right. man. You'll be able to hear this. Yeah, put it up. Well, oh. oh, yeah. Are you going to pour it so we can hear it? That's what I'm yeah, wondering. It's very foamy. Well, put it near the get it foamy anyway. Yeah, I don't think you can hear it. No, no. <laughs> See, if you pour it right, we're not going to hear it, and and you know everybody knows that it's going to go down. We quietly. are live, but it's not Memorex. Yeah, just want to say that. So we did a whole segment. <laughs> we did a whole segment on beer, and so I'm guessing you're not doing the 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 Keystone Light or the you know or the or oh, the no. Coors Light. Now I'm on to um, this is um, Flying Dog. And Never is, heard uh, of it. Yeah, Flying Dog. It's out of Utica. Mm-hmm. Utica, New York. Utica Club, baby. Utica Club. 
It also says Frederick, Maryland. Oh, um, well, they're this probably is called. Now, if you drink enough of these, <laughs> you start telling. You start telling the truth, and that's the name of the beer. I'm okay. gonna make the truth. Imperial IPA. Yeah. So I figure you drink enough of these, you start really telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's interesting. Uh, yeah. Those of you who missed the the expose on beer and IPAs and cheap beer, you'll know that as we have different tastes in music, we also have different tastes in what's in our mug. Um, I really don't like IPA. I don't like anything. I don't know. Hoppy, I guess. Don't like it dark. Don't like it bitter. In fact, you'll be you'll be proud to know, Jim, that uh, just the other day I had. Um, are you ready? What I had? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bud Light with lime. I like Bud. No, I like Bud Light. Lime. Yeah, yeah. No, with oh, lime. With it's just, lime. yeah, with lime. It's like, you know, it's sold with lime. Yeah, in it. You know, well, this is the thing. If if um, I'm at a baseball game, yeah, like minor league up near you, and mm-hmm. actually near me is the mm-hmm. iron pigs yeah but anyway i probably had my first bud lime i probably had a phillies game but i yeah. like i like to drink the light stuff when i'm at a baseball game i usually don't drink bud but you know i, I go back to some of the ones like rolling rock yeah that i drank when i was a lot younger and you know if you just want a couple beers that's a lehigh valley bomb. original yeah because this one is um that i'm drinking now is Trying to see how, how much alcohol is in it. Probably a good seven. seven. Oh wow. Um, seven. No, it's seven. oh, it's eight point seven. Eight point <laughs> seven. So if you guys don't hear me after I passed out, okay. Uh, Jim, isn't that eight point seven? Michael also mentioned uh, what yeah, was that? Eight point seven. No, but isn't that eight point seven? Uh, that's like that's like double uh, Keystone or uh, Coors Light. Yeah, most beers around four and a half five percent. Yeah, Bud is probably. Bud might be four and a half. Yeah, yeah. Might be. So it's double, yeah, higher. yeah. Yeah, double. Double. But I drink it slow. Yeah. And uh, like Mike mentioned before, our podcast on beer is show number six, just in case you're interested. We talk about so. the cheapest beers. We talk about the best beers, the hoppy beers, the funniest sounding names of hoppy beers. That was a good one, too. Yes. So you want to be tested first? Or you want to test me? Or uh, let's do three and three. Or are we going every other? Oh, I thought we were doing six and six. We can do three and three. Yeah, let's do three we and can three. Wrap it up soon. Yeah, let's <laughs> okay. let's do three and three. You can. Yeah, no, you no, 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 no. Jim, I'm saying I do three, you do three, then I do three, then you do three. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. How many? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, three in a round and three in a round. Okay. Yeah. Let's do rounds of three. Okay. Like shots, like the way you do shots. You know. You can ask me <laughs> first. I guess. Before I get. Before I okay, get Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do let's do three 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 three. So you know you Jim mentioned that he chose these randomly, which um, you know I think is a joke. But uh, who's to tell? You know the first one I get. I am honestly didn't look at him, put him on the scanner. Okay, and sent him to you. So you know I'm thinking of this song one time. What's what's that song called? I forget it. But uh, it says uh, he likes you too. I like Coldplay. I just forgot the name of the song. But anyway. Um, is this the question? No, no, I'm leading up to the question, Jim. Here's, here's the, That's a very vague question. It's not a question. I was leading up to the question. The question is, Chris Martin is the lead singer of which band? Now, let's give our listeners time to say, oh, I'm I know that. I'm telling you, these, 
some of these questions are easy, like yeah. real easy. So what's funny, what I'm, what I'm trying to say, I know you know the answer. What I'm trying to say is some people like you too, some people like Coldplay. I don't, I would not know the answer to this. Uh, and what is the answer? It's Coldplay. You know that. And I like Coldplay. Yeah. Yes, Coldplay. You just, but I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and he was married to Gwyneth Paltrow. There's a little history. But anyway. Well, that would have. Pepper Potts. That would, that would, <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Didn't you see Iron Man? Her name's Pepper Potts. That's why I always call her Pepper Potts. I'm just thinking. Did get, you see Iron you know, Man? I didn't see Iron Man. I don't even know anything about Iron Man. No. I put my money. Okay. That's a movie, I'm assuming. I don't, I don't even put my money into movies. Well, I watch superhero movies. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you another question. I'm not going to give you the answer to it yes. like I did last time. Uh, I'm going to give you half <laughs> so the answer. I got one. You got one. Yeah, keep score. Keep score because that, I love okay. that. Keep score. So half the answer is in the question. Are you ready? What is the full okay. name of the Australian Nick Caves band? What is the full name of Australian Nick oh, okay. Caves band? Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Ding 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 ding. I gotta get my I gotta get my bell. You got the bell? Where's no, that? I don't. No. Okay. I, there we go. Okay. My <laughs> harmonica is not even here at, at my set. My my harmonica is like gone. I think I think my wife cleaned it up and put it away. Okay, one more for me. I think Mike just ran off. Mike just ran off somewhere. Okay, Did I'm back. I just I took ran off. off somewhere. <laughs> okay, I got my bell for when you're right. All right, so when you get one right, you're gonna hear this. Did you oh, hear that? Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, um, hey, you're two for two. Here comes the third one. Ice, ice, baby by Vanilla Ice <laughs> samples <laughs> which song? By Queen and David Bowie. Under pressure. You got it. You got it. All right. You are three for three, and we're going to keep score. Again, when you get it right, you get yes. this. And what do I get when I get it right? Oh, I guess I'll find out. You get it. There you go. Okay. All right. So uh, hit me, Jimbo. Here we go. Yeah? You put your beer down? Yeah. The movies Tommy and Quadrophenia are based oh. on which English rock band songs? Based on which English rock band songs? Oh, oh, yeah, they are. So that's, uh, of course, from The Who. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Where's my sound? All righty, all right. See me, feel me. Yeah, these are, I think, pretty easy for people that know music. Like yeah, well, do. we just, you know, we just got done with the groundhogs and quarter moss, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think we got to I think we got to give them something, you know, yeah. but at least these aren't like um, Taylor Swift questions, you know, like newer yeah. music. Mm -hmm. So here's your question. Which band did Morrissey front until 1987? Yeah, that's an easy one because, you know, I was into the Smiths. Love them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're almost tied up here. Yeah. Tie me up. So if you get this, that's right. It's it's you know tied halfway to the be game. A, a yeah. bad bad one in there. Yeah, okay. ice ice baby, ice ice baby. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which which band had a hit with Umbop? <laughs> which band had a hit with? It's, you want to spell that for me and use it in a sentence? Yeah, I'm kidding. M, 
M M M Bop. Mbop. That's the pr- proper pronunciation. Mbop. Mbop. Uh, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate myself uh, for losing this because uh, it's. I think you'd hate yourself if you knew this. <laughs> <laughs> ice, ice, baby. Okay, so I have to guess. So now, what I have to do is I have to guess because I'm gonna hate myself uh, for getting it, or I'm gonna hate myself for not getting it. Yeah. Just read the question one more time, and I'm gonna answer it. Okay. Which band had a hit with Umbop? It's not giving you a year or anything. I know it's not giving me anything. Um, um, Julio Iglesias. No, no. It's the band Hanson. Oh, Hanson, you never heard of Hanson? Hanson, I know Those Hanson. Three kids. Yeah, yeah, I know Hanson. Yeah, my kids, my kids liked Hanson a little bit. You know, for you know, what was it, six weeks? And um, that would have been uh, mid ni- uh, late nineties, late nineties. Yeah, late maybe ninety nine or two thousand. I'm gonna guess. No, yeah, no, it was, so it was mid two thousand. Yeah, it's three to two. You're leading. All right, you ready? Yep. All right, David. St. Hubbins, Nigel Tumphill, and Derek <laughs> Smalls were better known yes. at, at, as what part parody band? Spinal Tap. Yeah. I knew it from the first when you said the first name. I know. Ni- oh, the first name or Nigel? Yeah, I know. I, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. I just would have got it from Tap. Nigel mainly. Yeah. All right. You know, we don't have to keep score of how many we're getting. We just got to keep score of, uh, you know, how many I've lost. Wait a minute. Have you have you seen Spinal Tap? Yes, but it's been so many years. Okay. okay. And I don't... I, as long as so, you stop. Yeah, but I wasn't, like, completely sober any time that I've seen Spinal Tap. So, okay. you know. Um, well, maybe you should see it again. <laughs> I should. I should. I, do you own it? I don't, I don't have it. If you own it, you can... Yeah. 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 And you... I've seen it so many times, I still crack up. It's just, yeah. Hey, we'll watch it together. And all you listeners, so go much. watch Oh, yeah. Am I reading? Or you're reading? Oh, yeah. No, you're... You are. You're on... You have to read me three more. Two more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Oh, here's a favorite of yours. This is a good one. Okay, um... Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On featured in which epic James Cameron movie? Titanic. You got it! Woo! You give me one, one more. Yeah, one more, one more. Uh, this is your final one, right? This is you. You get them all right. You, you, uh, you're the, you're the wiener. So <laughs> let's see. Um, all right. So you know, this isn't as easy as saying the word Coldplay or, or something. Um, which singer had a 1972 hit with "Let's Stay Together"? Hmm. Which singer had a 1972 hit? You know, you didn't give me Hansons, right? Um, yeah. year uh with let's stay together i'm gonna guess but i really don't know it. oh you could I'm guess say, I'm say donna summer no that was al green my friend al green so you have a chance we have a chance to tie yeah a chance to tie if you get the neck re correct that's right then we have a bonus question yes okay. we'll, we'll have to have some this could go on all the- <laughs> <laughs> okay so um uh you uh i get two out of three and you win um, I'm ready, Jim. So <laughs> <laughs> you know me. See, uh, Jim, my friend here, knows me better than anybody, so he can read that and know whether I'm going to get something or not. Well, you know why? Because I don't even think I would have known this. Oh, great! So you got you got easy ones like, okay. uh, yeah. Go ahead. That's okay. No. This is no. This is for the education of all. Okay. This is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. See if see if the 
um, listeners know this. Yes, I'm gonna. Yeah, we're gonna take our time and let's see if they okay. know it. Which rock star was born Stuart Leslie Goddard? Unless you're a true, true fan of this person, I'm. I'm gonna give. This. I'm gonna give them a second here, but I have a guess. You do. Ready? All right, Rod Stewart. Okay. Nope. Ah, oh, Adam not Ant. Adam, Adam Ant. I did not know Adam That's Ant. What I say. You're a true fan of Adam Ant. You, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. So I won that one. You did, and I got two. I got two more questions here. Right? You're gonna still give them to me, or are you just all about the competition? Do I get more questions? Yeah, I can give you two. I'll give you two more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you won it. But this is, you know, this isn't about competition yeah. here. If I, yeah. if I wanted competition, I'd be um, <laughs> somewhere else. Okay. Here's your easy question. <laughs> Um, Adam Ant, that's my answer. Some, Final answer. Final answer, Regis. Pour some. No. Pour pour some sugar on me. <laughs> Come on, hit, you're not serious. Day. Yes. Pour some sugar on me in the name of love. Uh, pour some Was sugar it hit on for me. which band? Yeah, I know, I know. I, I saw I, this band because I could not see them because I had a little eye accident. Don't you remember? Well. Um, my first, my first major concert, um, was, um, Crocus opening up for Def Leppard. So I'm going to say Def Leppard. Is that wrong? <laughs> you got it right. Yeah. Well, was that the concert I gave you the tickets to? Was that your first concert? It was my was first. I couldn't go. And I, and I had... Maybe I didn't give you the ticket, but I couldn't go. I don't know if I, I gave thought, someone I th- my ticket. I thought my friend BW, who I worked with, I thought BW uh, bought the tickets. It was fourteen dollars a ticket, and um, mm-hmm. and it was hotter than hell. People passed out around me. It was so hot and humid outdoor, and um, I really thought it was cro- it was Crocus and somebody else maybe. And, uh, yeah, it was Allentown. It was outside. I don't remember anything about you um, giving me or selling me the ticket. Yeah. Huh. It would have been uh, 1983. It was It was uh, June, June 20-something of 1983, I think. Yes. Yes. Because that's when I had June. my eye accident wow. in June. It was right before the end of school. Yeah, so you um, remember that. See, I just remember going to the concert. To yeah. Go. And I was advised not to go in case someone elbowed me in the eye. Oh, and they would have. I mean, maybe, it was see, insane. I might have bought my ticket. I might have bought my ticket by myself because it was general admission. Yeah. But I know I couldn't go. And I missed seeing them. And I think that's when the, the drummer had two arms. Yes. Yeah. Like to see. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you about that because I, I do have to share that about that story. But, uh, it's possible that you got tickets for us, as you always do, Jim. And because yeah. you couldn't, couldn't go, I actually sold the ticket to my friend BW, and we went together. Yeah. That's probably what happened. Yeah. So uh, first of all, so first major show. So I don't know how old I am. You know, I'm 16 or something. I don't know how old I am. And, um, yeah, 16. Yeah. So uh, we uh, hydrated ourselves with liquid, uh, and some of it was other kinds of liquid and we it was so hot but anyway crocus comes on and crocus who does crocus like i mean crocus is like rat maybe poison 
Yeah. I don't know. So rat poison. That's funny. So anyway, um, it was like a hair metal, hair metal, maybe something like it was that. what I couldn't hear you. Maybe hair metal or, or hard, hard, real hard rock. metal. Yeah, hard, it was, hard. it was, it was heavy metal, hard rock. So Crocus is just wailing away and screaming, but they destroyed their, their guitars. They, they smashed them onto the stage and, and threw them over their heads and stuff. And it was insane. So then Def Leppard comes on and it's the Pyromania tour, which actually was pretty decent. I had a blast and um, sorry that you weren't there, Jim. Um, but at the end, they have an encore. I didn't even know what an encore was, you know, but they did an encore. They come in, come out and they're just finishing up and they just, they kick it. You know, it's Pyromania tour and the drummer finishes off and the, he throws his sticks and he walks off to my left, his right from the stage, from, from the drum set. Middle of stage, mm-hmm. turns around, drops his pants, and moons everybody. The last <laughs> thing of that day, we see his bare bottom. Yeah, he was a little while. Yeah, but you know how hard it would be to moon th- t- uh, how many thousands of people? I don't know, ten thousand people. If you just had one arm, you know, it'd be harder. So yeah. he had both. He had yeah. both arms, both hands, and uh, grabbed his pants and mooned everybody. And that's the last thing we saw before we uh, tried it, to. I think his name is Rick. Rick Allen. Rick, Rick Allen. Allen. Rick Allen. Um, don't know how many years later it was that he had a car accident. Probably rolled it over and yeah. rolled on its side and took his arm, demolished his arm, smashed and still, it. Still, still drums. Yeah, yeah. They did lots arm. of. I wasn't a drummer at the time, but they did. Uh, they did amazing things. Um, and he plays as much as he wants to, as much as he can, with three limbs instead of four. And he paints. Didn't know. Did not know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. He was at this gallery in New Jersey recently. Is he painting so with the one hand, or is he painting with his with his mouth like some people? I, no, I think it's his butt cheeks <laughs> with the paintbrush. No. I've seen him. I've it's seen his butt cheeks. Butt. I've okay. seen those butt cheeks. Okay, yeah. your last question. And it's not for the you win. The it is question? not. Hey, this is like, this is like, uh, whose line is it anyway, right? Where the points don't matter. Hmm? Whose yeah. line is it anyway, where the points don't matter? Go ahead. You know what I'm going to do for myself, Which Jim? You, you know what I'm going to do for myself, Jim? Here's what I'm going to do for myself. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sure you'll get it, but I don't know. This is, this yeah. is a, may get it, may not. Here we go. Stuart. Which Wesley. band from <laughs> which band from Colchester, England? Colchester. Do you know it yet? No. Um, sang, sang I Melt With You. And I know you know the song. It's huge, hugely popular. 80s. Mm-hmm. I Melt With You. Yeah. Well, it's not Level 42, who I did see live. It's Modern English. Very good. All right, give me that. Give me the harmonica, Jen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Hey, before you close, before you close this out, my friend Jim, before you close this out. Um. So I I lost by just one point, right? Yeah, I think you I think I, I think I missed. I think I missed. Right. You missed two. I missed two, and did you miss yeah, one? You, yeah, but you lost. Yeah, just one. So you lost yeah. by one. Yeah, I lost by one. Or point. It would have been yes. I lost by one point. That's, I mean, that sounds good. I'm just trying to say that sounds good. We went through this this whole uh, competition, and I just lost by one point. Yeah. Um, I got to tell our yeah, listeners, you were a huge Adam. Yeah, if I was a huge Adam Ant, yeah, if I was a huge Adam Ant yeah. fan, I would know that. 
And I did read that at one point. I did hear his full name once, and I, I just somehow thought it was, uh, you know, Rod Stewart. You know, he starts out with Rod because, you know, everybody wants to be called Rod back in the 70s. Rod. And then now, I just thought he came up with now Stewart. I, now I have something interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Quick. Mm-hmm. If, if you look up Adam Ant, what he looks like today, and uh-huh. I swear he looks like Johnny, Johnny Depp. Him and Johnny Depp. Well, yeah, uh, I always thought he did, be, actually. But even they, more so, I think, as they go. Wow, are they brothers? Yeah. No. Well, I'm Depp. I mean, <laughs> well, well, John, you know, Depp. Well, I mean, just England. Well, Depp, Depp, I mean, I Johnny Depp. I mean, come Depp on, is, Johnny Rotten isn't like you is know. That, I don't even know if that's his real name, Johnny Depp. Probably not. That's what I'm. That's what I'm proposing. That it's not. Yeah. But I want to tell our listeners, you know, one uh, one time you and I were, um, I believe, at a bar in Richmond, Virginia. Great bar. And a live band came on and we were trying to um, we were playing two games. I believe were we playing name that tune or were we playing guess what they're going to play next? We were playing guess what they're going to play next. Do you remember being at the bar, yeah, that yeah. bar? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Chess. Chess. And um, you you whipped my ass that night and you. Also, at a Smithereens, when they were opening up, uh, there was an opening band for the Smithereens. Uh, we were up in the balcony there at uh, Falls Church, Virginia. And there we were playing Name That Tune, you know, because the opening band was an 80s band. And yeah. uh, they started playing stuff, you know, all covers. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love I love a good competition, but uh, I don't mind losing to you. I just got to say, even though, you know, one mm-hmm. point, even one point. Well, I- that's very nice of you to say. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, Maybe I guess the couple. Yeah, yeah. I guess the couple, but you know, you always always got me by uh, by one or two. Well, it's okay, been great. So, um, it's been great. It's been great. Um, I love having uh, what listeners we do have in our podcast, and uh, it's just been great getting back to the music and uh, for session uh, number eight here. And uh, looking forward to what we have to do in the future, Jim. Yeah, I'm not sure what the next show will be. But we'll surprise everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Thanks for listening, everyone. And you'll hear us later. All right. Take care. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher and Mike Rush. You can find Jim and Mike Talk on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and their host site, Podbean. Intro and exit music by the band 99%.